Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters podcast, a series of candid conversations with leading experts about how individuals and organizations can grow and protect their finances, tailored around current events and trends. Here's your host, Tracy Collins. Welcome to the Key Wealth Matters podcast entitled Real Estate Gifts, What Every Nonprofit Should Know. Addressing today's topic are two individuals from KeyBank, Emily Mogan, National Trust Real Estate Manager, and Cindy McDonald, National Director of Philanthropic Advice. Emily has been helping individuals and organizations navigate the complexities of trust real estate for over 20 years and has been in the role of National Trust Real Estate Manager for the last 10. And Cindy has been providing thought leadership around planned giving for almost 30 years. And for almost half of that time, she was a voting member of Key's National Trust Real Estate Committee providing oversight and governance around various types of real estate held in trust. Welcome, Emily and Cindy. Thank you, Tracy. Well, this is really an interesting topic to me, and I have to admit, I don't know how often clients think of gifting real estate to charitable organizations. You know, I know in working with my clients, when the subject of gifting comes up, we typically talk about gifting cash or stock. So is this a newer trend? I think it is. Um, I We are getting a lot of inquiries um, with regard to real estate donations from many of our clients. I think that many organizations are now open to the idea of accepting real estate as a gift. So what type of real estate are we talking about? I mean, is there a difference from an organization's viewpoint, whether the gift is, say, a home versus a commercial building or maybe even a farm? Yeah, so I think any type of real estate could be donated, and each property type comes with different risks associated to them. So for an example, on a residential home, you know, you want to take into consideration the age of the home, the condition, whether or not it's part of an HOA, what those additional costs may be, and what those additional restrictions um, may be. Whereas maybe on a commercial or investment property, you know, you want to know who your tenants are um, and you want to ensure that you're not going to have a reputational risk of any kind based on that tenant base. And you're going to want to examine the cash flow and perform some environmental due diligence. And then the same sort of on a farm, um, you need to perform some environmental due diligence, review the cash flow, understand, you know, who's farming it. Are, are there any additional liabilities if that farm ceases to operate as a farm? There could be some um, tax recoupment charges. So the organization just really needs to know that there's different risks associated with each property type. And once the organization determines that the property itself is one they would like to consider, are there other concerns or questions they should ask before moving forward? Yeah, they should ask, you know, does this gift advance their mission? And do they really have the staff or the experts in place within the organization to support the gift, manage it, and or liquidate the gift to cash? So is this something they're really willing to take on? Um, And what does their gift acceptance policy say? Yeah, Tracy, the gift acceptance policy, that's, that's a key element right there for any nonprofit organization. If they don't have the uh, real estate written into the actual policy itself, they may not even be able to accept it, like not even have the conversation with the donor. And not only that, is that the gift acceptance policy, their CFOs should really understand that policy as well, because the assets that are coming in may be sitting on the books in the balance sheet somewhere for, could be a month, could be a year, could be two or 10, who knows, but they need to be involved as well. So that understanding the gift acceptance policy statement, having it in place, having it updated annually is a critical part of what the not-for-profit should be doing. Well, Cindy, you bring up a good point. Do the, do the questions or even the vetting process change if the organization is thinking about holding the gift of real estate versus perhaps just selling it? 
So I don't think the questions change as much as if you think about a donor, their two largest assets are what? Their IRAs and their homes. So they're thinking more outside the box on how they can gift. So a lot of folks are now approaching Emily and, and other organizations saying, you know, instead of cash, stocks, and bonds, I'd like to gift my primary residence, my vacation home, whatever the real estate may be. So when the donor is approaching the not-for-profit with that type of gift, complex gifting, uh, the not-for-profit should understand all the different steps within their gift acceptance policy and what they can do to, in order to have that conversation. So can they take the real estate in? Can they hold the real estate or do they have to liquidate it right away? What type of planned gift will this real estate be funding? Or is it an immediate gift where they're just handing over the house or the, or the type of real estate to the not-for-profit uh, as more of a transactional instead of a planned gift type item? So the property passes the vetting process and the organization is interested in taking the gift. So let's talk about potential structures for completing that gift. I mean, is it just as simple as someone signing over a deed or are there specific estate planning structures that better accomplish this type of transfer? Yeah, so there is a transfer on death deed that could be prepared and recorded, which would transfer the real estate um, upon the donor's death. And then Cindy, I believe there are several um, trust vehicles that you could also use to donate. There are. There are definitely charitable remainder trusts, charitable lead trusts. These are just a few that pop to the top of my mind that I see specifically trending over the past couple of years, specifically more like the past 12 to 18 months, funding these charitable type trusts with real estate. Uh, because again, thinking outside the box, they don't want to let loose with cash, stocks, or bonds, but real estate is valuable. So when it funds the charitable remainder trust, then it can be liquidated and then invested and then continue on with the terms of the agreement. The proposed tax plans that the Biden administration is doing is also having donors really sit back and look at their estate plans overall. Because currently, right now, it states the estate tax exemptions are really high. They are 11.7 million, and that's supposed to sunset on December 31st of 2025. So it's making donors sit back and really look at their real estate and saying, okay, you know what? This may fit differently in my estate plan now, so having those conversations with your donors and seeing what their actual uh, financial plan is looking like, it may be altering and it may be changing. In addition to that, originally capital gains rates as well as individual rates were proposed to be increased. However, that is now off the table as of today, but please keep in mind, we won't know that until the final legislation has passed. So Cindy, are, are you saying that the proposed changes in the Biden tax plan are going to help with um, the potential for more real estate gifting in the future? I, I see a trend upwards of yes. A lot of, not for, a lot of donors and a lot of not-for-profits are approaching us to have the conversations and saying, we've, we keep having people knock on our door saying, you know, I am looking to gift this piece of real estate how, and I'm looking to do that with you as an organization and support you. Can you help us make that happen? Uh, more conversations than ever before. So it's really un important that a, a not-for-profit understand how they can have those conversations. So based on the vetting process that you both talked about and uh, the estate planning structures that you mentioned, Cindy, I'm guessing that conversations around real estate gifting need to take place well before the actual gift. So let's talk about pre-planning and the process behind that. What does it look like and when should it really start? So it should not start December 15th if you want to complete the gift in that year. That is for certain. So these conversations should have been flowing already. And a lot of the times it's typically in the beginning of the year, and then usually it's wrapped up within by the end of the year and the gift is made. It depends on the actual donor itself. So is the donor looking at just starting the conversation and maybe looking to gift it out in two or three years and they really don't care 
about what Biden is proposing, but you know, this is their process and their flow. It's, it's really important that you focus on the donor and what they want to do and what they want to accomplish. It may not be so much as let's just hurry up and make this gift so that we have the tax right off at the end of the year. It's probably a lot more important to the donor that it's made properly and right. Right. And well, gifts should always be um, reviewed prior to any transfer or transfer and death deed is prepared or recorded. And if a property is determined to be unsuitable for a particular charity, they, they really need to be able to decline that gift because the donor's wish is not going to be honored. Well, I have to say, ladies, this has been very interesting for me. And, and you know, this is definitely information I'm going to take back to my clients. But for our listeners um, who want to maybe build out this area more within their organization or maybe fine tune it a bit, what are some key takeaways that can help them and their organization better understand and prepare for real estate gifts? I always say first and foremost is that gift acceptance policy, really understand it and look at it. You know, is it 10 years old and you haven't lifted it up and really read it through it in the past decade? Make sure it's current and review it each and every year. And I'm sure Emily has a few more to add to this. Yes, absolutely. And, and vetting um, the gift of real estate is also critically important. You want to make sure that you understand the gift that's being given and all the risks and liabilities that are associated with that piece of real estate. So you need to spend some quality time vetting that real estate. You also need to involve your CFO in your decision-making process, and you need to engage your internal or external counsel and or a real estate professional to assist you and really know your donor know your donor and know the gift that they're giving you. Well, thank you, Emily and Cindy, for joining us today. And to you, our listeners, for taking time out of your day to listen in. For those listening, if you'd like more information about real estate gifts, we've included several attachments in the show notes for this podcast. And if you do have a specific question, there is also a URL you can use to submit your question directly to our KeyBank team. And as always, if you've enjoyed today's discussion, then please be sure to check out the other podcasts in the Key Wealth Matters series. Again, thank you for listening. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of a collection of financial professionals representing key entities, including key private bank, key bank institutional advisors, and key investment services. Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are offered by KeyBank National Association, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. KeyBank Private Bank and KeyBank Institutional Advisors are part of KeyBank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services, LLC, or KISS, member FINRA, SIPC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Insurance products are offered through Key Corp Insurance Agency USA, or KIA. KIS and KIA are affiliated with Key Bank. Investment and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. Key Bank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decisions. This content is copyrighted by Key Corp 2021.